What's going on, everybody? It's Mercedes Terrell from Bellator MMA. Hey, this is Billy Howard L. from the Perfect Circle. Hey, I'm Adam Carolla. Hey, this is Max from the Arcells. Hi, this is Tina Stoll. I'm a driver in the NHRA. Hey, this is Dallas Smith. Hi, I'm uh, Commander Chris Hadfield. I'm Danny Danko. I'm the Senior Cultivation Editor for High Times Magazine. Hey, guys, guess what? I'm Jake Snake Roberts, and you're not. Yeah, bad break for you. You're listening to the Toddcast Podcast, like you didn't know. The Toddcast Podcast is powered by Citywide Mortgage Services, providing complete financing and mortgage services for residential and small commercial businesses. Visit them at citywidemortgage.ca. Now, here's your host, Todd Hancock. Don't you think it's crazy that Connor McDavid, Curtis Joseph, the Sedin Twins, Pat LaFontaine didn't or haven't won the Stanley Cup? Mike Gartner? Nope. Dino Cicerelli? No. Keith Kachuk? No. Joe Thornton? Nope. Jerome McGinley? Never did. Paul Correa, Dale Hunter, Adam Oates, Pierre Turgeon, Jeremy Roenick? No. They did not. And of course, all great players. And all of them did not raise Lord Stanley's Cup or eat Cheerios from it. Because think about it. The, all the players get the cup to themselves for one day. The hardest trophy to win in sport. No question. The battle round after round after round. Playing through injuries. Injuries that you might see them sideline during regular season. Rest it up. And this week, you'll hear from a retired Stanley Cup winning NHL defenseman. Mike Commodore is on the podcast, and he won with the Hurricanes back in 06. This was a great talk, too. What a beauty. He's a funny guy, tells great stories, was engaged in the conversation. I love this part of it, where he was talking about whether or not he'd been starstruck by an NHL player. Yeah, I'd say... uh one one time one time that i can remember for sure yeah uh, this was like five years ago now i was playing in a member guest golf tournament with another guy that i played with in carolina with ray whitney so ray had me okay. down yeah ray had yeah. me down to play in uh, in this member guest five years ago and so long story short i drive down to idaho and me ray and brent hedekin another guy who played in carolina he was there too he was with somebody the guest of somebody else Brett used to play in Vancouver as well. Exactly, yeah. Before Vancouver team, yeah. He started in Van. And so the three of us are sitting there. We're just sitting outside at a big table for like eight. And I'm stuffing my face. We're eating bullshitting. And I hear this voice behind me, a tap on my shoulder. Hey, Mike, how you doing? You know, do you mind if I sit down? And I can't see who it is. I got a mouthful of food. And I'm like, you know, there's fucking three, four seats. So I got a mouthful of food. I turn to be like, yeah, you know, go ahead. I'm like, yeah, go ahead. Turn around. It's fucking Wayne Gretzky. I'm like, I'm like, I stop. I'm like, put my fourth down. I go, yeah, Mr. Gretzky. I'm like, do you want my seat? I'm like, I can go sit somewhere else. And he laughed. He's like, oh, no, no. So he sits down and eats with us. And I would say that was like, from what I can remember, that was one time for sure where I was like, you know, I grew up outside of Edmonton, you know, in, you know, in the eighties. And uh, yeah, obviously he's the greatest player that ever played is staff for sure. Um, yeah. Dominating. And uh, yeah, but he was, he was an awesome dude. Couldn't have been nicer. I actually just saw him a couple weeks ago in Dallas. He was at another event I was at. But yeah, that was a big deal for me. I should have got him to sign something. I haven't done that yet, but I'll run into him again, hopefully. It's a great story, right? Joining retired Stanley Cup winning NHL defenseman Mike Commodore this week is actor and comedian Laura Ramoso. I was in theater school and I and I always thought I would be a classical actor. And then um, I, I enjoyed it. I realized I really enjoyed the comedic plays and the comedic moments and 
But it wasn't until I went to, if I could pinpoint it to one thing, it's when I went to Chicago in 2016 and bought a ticket to a second city show mm. and um, saw that. And it was like a moment of, oh, I really want to do that. So <laughs> I've been working towards that ever since. And I'm very happy with where I am. Yeah, really good talk with Laura Ramoso, and you're going to hear this week's musical guest. She is the first female musician in one of rock's biggest bands of all time. We'll get to her in just a sec. And shortly, in Stop Me If You've Heard This Before, glory kickboxing fighter Trevor Ragin talking about the Mayweather-McGregor boxing match. We're going back in time uh, this week. That is powered by FKP MMA, Build Your Self-Esteem, learn how to defend yourself, make some great friends along the way. My kid Levi goes and absolutely loves it. Find out for yourself. Vancouver's number one training destination at fkpmma.com. First, our first guest of three this week, our musical guest, White Snake bassist, Tanya O'Callaghan. That is powered by Hand Over Hand Textiles in Vancouver. Tanya, in fact, would love this company. Naturally dyed goods for your home and your body. Some amazing stuff on their website. They use only pure plant extracts and natural fibers. Good for mom earth. They make great presents. Locally owned, check. Locally operated, check. Find them at handoverhandtextiles.com. So yeah, you'll know Tanya O'Callaghan for more than being the bassist in Whitesnake. She is a major badass in the rock world, has toured, recorded, written, and worked with Maynard James Keenan, Tool, A Perfect Circle, Pussifer, Dee Snyder, Twisted Sister, Stephen Adler, Guns N' Roses, Nuno Betancourt with Extreme, The River Dance, The Voice, a huge player who, like everyone else, was holed up not able to tour, see shows, etc. And we talked about getting back to it after the pandemic and getting back on the road. And how was that first live show back post-COVID? First one, I mean, there was a lot of small gigs because again, Ireland has, you know, a lot of venues and I was going to a lot of smaller like singer-songwriter stuff. An Irish band called Keela I used to follow everywhere. I adore them. They're like a traditional band, but on the bigger scale, the first gig I remember is the Chili Peppers, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, mm. um, in like Croke Park, and it was like I was obsessed with John Frusciante and his guitar playing and his harmonies. So that was like it was funny because everyone would think I'd be I wasn't playing bass yet, yeah. So I wasn't like into Flea for being Flea. I was just like obsessed with this harmony singing guitar player. But yeah, the Chili Peppers is the f- I I remember. And would have all like the super heavy bands that came to town. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got to go for the heavy ones. I, I, I remember in like the in the early '90s when the the Peppers would play and like they you know, headlined like Lollapalooza, oh, yeah. and Ministry and Soundgarden. Ministry, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Ice Cube, it was pretty bad. I know, right? oh. and, and, and it's so funny now like, to have a, a, a longevity like that. Where like, oh yeah. Know, like they have had hits along the way. Like that's 30 years. I know it's incredible. And it's funny now. Cause I think back to like, cause a lot of these guys are my friends now. Um, that we, you know, we're touring the same circles. And I, I was even saying this yeah. Alex Skolnick not that long ago. Like I remember going to see Testament when I was a teenager and being like, this is so cool. And now like they're super close friends and right. it, but they're still like kicking ass and they're so consistent. 
those type of bands like they their fan base is so consistent and they consistently give back to the fans by doing you know great albums and great tours so yeah. best of memories but yeah like to have longevity like that you you know have to be really has to be a band of brothers because it's complicated touring well i mean <laughs> i've heard from so many musicians that you know it's like you and your wife and then add two more people into it or three. Oh my god it's like it. i always joke about it it's literally like way more complicated than I can imagine a marriage is or you know it's like you're married to a group of people living yeah. together often on the tour bus <laughs> fair amount of compromising I would think yeah yeah your people skills are what are most important touring which is hysterical like it's, it's all about psychology right the music is the easy part <laughs> and what a cool feeling it must have been for her hey like playing in freaking white snake your friends are at the show it's absolutely killing we talked with tanya for just over a half hour and you can hear it right now at our itunes spotify and soundcloud you can watch the video at our youtube account they're all at toddcast podcast as she shared the shows that she's been binge watching we talked about how european crowds for some reason the concerts there they're just a different breed over there she shared a near-death story about flying with d schneider and it was cool to hear tanya talking about the music that she grew up with so i got my i definitely got like the sort of subconscious love of music because i didn't pick up a bass until i was 17 but no. my dad yeah no i'm super late to music it's hilarious like like drums maybe like was there something musical before that nothing i'm not really? i'm not the i'm not the bass player who played guitar first i was working in an animal rescue shelter for 10 years wow. and i was everyone thought i would be a vet or a marine biologist and then i picked up a bass when i was 17 and i was like oh shit i love this yeah. but my my dad has a very deep rooted love of music although nobody plays music in my direct family so i grew up with his vinyl collection definitely like in you know subconsciously the zeppelins the floyd like everything across like willie nelson like real country as i call it yeah. not like ma manufactured pop country but um yeah that was that was definitely like coming in through my childhood so then when i did pick up a uh, bass and get into music i was sort of familiar with so many things but i wasn't paying attention until i was 16 or 17 but sure. my town my little town is very musical so i was all surrounded by musicians and like mullingar is known for musicians coming out of it so you, all your friends are all in bands i worked in the bars that the bands played in you know um but yeah it's, it was really uh, 180 at about 17 when I picked up a bass I was like oh, I really like this and then I was joining bands left right and center and it was just like <laughs> where we go uh-huh not really surprising I guess though when you hear Tanya talking about prog rock and Metallica and Pantera Slayer it makes sense we talked about creativity over the pandemic we talked about how she's working on plant-based projects. Say that, say that one five times fast. We talked about the Chili Peppers and their longevity in the industry, like hit after hit after hit over the years. And she talked about loving rugby when she was younger. I mean, just a heart of gold, big time advocate and activist for animal issues. You'll hear her talking about working with animal rescue before music back in the day. So we wanted to ask her, what's her favorite land animal? and favorite sea animal? Oh, wow. Um, I love pigs. Uh, I love pigs. Uh, they're a big passion for me. I love all, all animals, obviously, like anyone that knows me, I'm being an animal rights activist my whole life, but pigs particularly because I just think they're, they're so smart. I've worked with pigs a lot and I worked in shelters and they're really, really funny characters. And, you know, obviously we treat them like shit in the world. So that's a lot of my fight right. for them and favorite. Oh, it's hard. I mean, from sea animal, I'm like, 
save the oceans as well, working on all these other. Oh, your video's cutting out again. I've I miss- always had a thing for orcas. orcas. I love orcas. Yeah. The thing of, yeah, orcas are a big, a big look of mine. You know, I had, sure. the, I had then like I feel. One- I had one of the coolest moments with orcas up uh, the Queen Charlotte's uh, in BC. I was at a, a fishing resort or whatever it's called. And, uh, you know, we're fishing for salmon and we're like, oh, let's go to another place. And so we started, you know, getting pretty fast in this boat. And I don't like it, it sounds like I'm lying, but probably like a pod of 10 to 12, 14 orcas. And they kept on coming right near the boat and cresting. Like oh, it was the coolest thing. I'd just be crying. I just like it every was, time I see anything like that, I'm just like, whoa. I wish I could, <laughs> I wish I had the video because I have a couple of videos and it like they're so close. But looking back now, I'm like, man, that's kind of almost scary. Like they could have, you know, tipped the boat or something, or like, you know, but yeah, orcas, talking, they're just with you they're like let's go close enough to get oh, totally. as hell. like yeah totally that's amazing yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's funny because i'm a you know i work um i've been on board with sea shepherd and they're good friends of mine i've done a lot of like um campaign help with them because they're my kind of direct action group out there saving the oceans but mm. i have always suffered extremely bad seasickness so it's like this running joke because i keep going out uh, I'm like, I'm going to get over it. If I keep doing it, I won't be sick. I try everything. And I've uh, every time I go out, like, I'm so sick that by the time there's a pot of whales or something, I'm off getting sick. Yeah. I'm like, one of these days, my body will allow me not to be seasick. So it's kind yeah. of become really funny. It's like, okay, maybe I shouldn't be on the boat. I mean, it really is a tough call. Uh, personally, for me, it's a tiger, my favorite land animal, and octopus, my favorite sea animal uh both are tattooed on me one on one arm one on the other uh and we did get into it with tanya as well knowing that she's a a book nerd she recommended a few books that she's been reading we talked about fleetwood mac and jeff buckley and how important those artists are to her her foundational years like playing shows early on in dublin ireland playing with the original gnr drummer steven adler we talked about career highlights i mean with somebody like tanya it's almost impossible to not want to ask that. I mean, ooh. I mean, there's a couple because they're slightly different. Like when I was in, when I was like a deer in headlights, I was only 20 or 21 when I was in the studio at Maynard. And that was trippy because the first time he sang on front of me in the studio, and we're, you know, collaborating on ideas, myself and Josh and himself. That was really wow because I've been listening to him for so many years and then he's sitting there singing in front of me just in the creative process like any musician just like coming up with ideas so Mm -hmm. that always sticks out because that was like oh wow this this could be a big deal if I get myself into the U.S. and circles so that's like a studio memory um playing like Hellfest with Dee Snyder was amazing I always remember that one in particular because we had like a crazy routing problem to get there and Uh we all almost didn't make it and it was like we were lost in the middle of France and it was one of those like "Ah!" running on the stage and it was just amazing but and then obviously like opening night in Ireland with Whitesnake was will always be so surreal and we finished the European tour by closing out with Steve Vai at Hellfest so it was Steve Vai came on stage with us and that was we played I played still of the night with Steve Vai and I I was just like, is this actually happening? <laughs> it's like Tommy Aldridge, David Coverdale, and Steve Vai. I'm like, who teleported me into this situation? I know, right? That's... So yeah, there's a, there's a couple, but they're like my top three. 
Nude Vodka Soda powers the Toddcast podcast. Sugar and sweetener free with just 100 calories and zero carbs per serving. Visit them online at nudebeverages.com. Stop me if you've heard this before. 
on the Toddcast Podcast. Glory kickboxing fighter Trevor Ragin has lots of potential to be one of the next greats. Google search his name and you'll see he throws with intensity. He hits like a truck. He's a scary dude in the cage. He hasn't been too active as of late and hoping that will change soon. But when Trevor was a guest, he talked about skateboarding as a kid. He shared a near-death story. We talked about superhero movies and the fact that he loves the Black Panther movie. We talked about watching tape of your opponent prior to fighting them. The things that stand out from his first pro fight, Aliens Visiting Earth, came up. We talked about legalized marijuana, family, and stop me. If you've heard this before, Trevor gave his thoughts on the Mayweather-McGregor boxing match. Um, It turned out exactly how I thought it would, to be honest. I knew McGregor was going to come out and try to finish Floyd or try to like pressure him, so yeah. to speak. And I knew, I mean, Floyd's done this 50 times, so I knew he was going to just be relaxed out there and not be phased by it and uh, just let McGregor tire himself out. Do you think Mayweather could have taken him quicker than what he did? Yeah, I think he could have. But to be honest, I didn't think he was going to finish McGregor at all. I, I mean, Mayweather, as of lately, he, he hasn't been a finisher. So I thought I thought he was just going to outclass McGregor, like, um just dominate him throughout, like, just the scorecards, but uh, surprisingly, he ended up finishing him. Stop Me If You've Heard This Before on the Toddcast Podcast is powered by FKP MMA, Vancouver's number one training destination at fkpmma.com. In a motel parking lot, I saw myself your car and a drone. And all the photos on the desk were out the window soon across the road.
back a few years with El Camino from Cobra Ramon. And we've been back and forth with those guys and another singer to do a show together at the podcast Blue Light Sessions. We're super close to announcing and hopefully by next week's podcast, we'll have something concrete for you. But what we do know is it'll be 20 bucks. As always, our shows are 20 bucks through eventbrite.ca. 25 bucks if you want to wait for the door, but don't do that because only 60 tickets are sold for our shows at the Blue Light Studio in East Vancouver. I played you a new song from The Veer Union, and it's called I Will Make It. Now, they've played a podcast show for us in the past. Perhaps it's worthwhile reaching out to those boys and seeing if they'd be into doing a show again with us at the Blue Light Studio in, I mean, it wouldn't be until 23, 2023, of course. That would be killer. And Blue Light signed on to do shows with us till into 2024. So we'll keep interviewing acoustic performances. You get to ask questions as well at these shows, quite literally. Cut me off if you have to. Coming up in just a few minutes, in listen to this, Blue October singer Justin Furstenfeld shares a near-death story involving crips and bloods, and it's like, oh my God. That is powered by Tedco RV Supplies in Langley, RV Service and Repairs, ICBC accredited. You can find them on Facebook and on Twitter at Tedco RV Supplies. Now to the second of three Toddcast guests this week, our sporting guest, retired Stanley Cup winning NHL defenseman Mike Commodore. I said to him, man, it must feel nice to have won a Stanley Cup with the Hurricanes since some of the best players to ever have played in the NHL never did raise the cup. Thank God I had one good year. I didn't have many, but <laughs> the one good year was a really good year. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously it was a special year. Uh, I'm actually going to run into one of the guys, hopefully other today, Rod Brindamore. He's the head coach for the Hurricane or for Carolina now, but mm-hmm. Carolina's in town. Uh, they play Calgary tomorrow. So it's always nice when they come to town. I get to catch up with. Now I really don't know any of the players. It's all the, like coaching staff and shit because I'm getting old. But right, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it, it was a great year. I mean, obviously, I was there. Were, there's a lot of there was a lot of luck involved too. Uh, I mean, I was in Calgary in 2004. Yeah, it was the trade uh, that kind of got you there in the first place. Yeah, 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 I was like, you know, I finally signed a contract after we go to the finals. I finally signed a one way contract. You know, I'm pumped to be in Calgary. Then there's a fucking lockout. There's no more NHL. I'm back in the minors again. I'm like, Jesus, I cannot get out of this league. But and then I had a good year in the minors, and that year we split a farm team. Calgary and Carolina split um, the Lowell Lock Monsters. So oh. half the team was Carolina guys. And uh, Carolina scouts and general manager and head coach, because it was a lot closer to come watch games because Carolina's on the East Coast. Like, the Calgary guys didn't come out there much because there was no NHL, and it's a long ways. Right. Uh, and I had a good year, and, and Car- Carolina ended up trading for me. Um, so what I thought was a bad thing, the lockout, um, to be honest, looking back, it was the best thing that happened in my career because right. I ended up getting traded to Carolina because of it. And with the rule changes, I think one of the major, we had a really good team for sure, but we were like picked to finish back then there was 30 teams. I think, I think everybody picked us to finish. They were shitty in the year before the lockouts. So everybody thought we were going to be shitty again. So I think we were picked to finish like 28th in the league. Like we were supposed to be fortunate. <laughs> and we were honestly, I, I think we lost, we lost two games in a row, like a, like a couple times, but it was pretty rare. And I think we lost three games in a row one time during the year towards the end. And other than that, yeah, we were, we were pretty solid. So yeah, it was 
it's weird how it works out. What I thought was awful ended up being the best thing that could have happened to me. I told you, he is one of the best storytellers. You need to check out the full interview. It's up right now at our social media platforms. We got him talking about being drafted by the Devils. 42nd overall, pretty good, back in the 1999 NHL entry draft. He ended up playing 15 seasons in the NHL. We got to talking about the shows that he's been binge watching. We talked about Animal Kingdom and that Manti Teo football documentary, which is, if you haven't seen this show, oh my God, blowyourmind.org. It's big enough to be an organization. We got him to build the ultimate hockey line with past and present players. He talked about seeing the Smalls and Kid Rock. In Actually, Kid Rock came up a couple times in, his, in the conversation. And what it was like playing in the KHL over in Russia. So, like, when I, when I knew things were kind of done for me NHL-wise here, I, I still wanted to play. But I didn't want to play in the American Hockey League. I played there a ton at the beginning of my career. And, and I got the utmost respect. Like, those guys that play a 1,000 games in the American Hockey League, I'll tell you mm-hmm. what, I got more respect for that than the guys that play a 1,000 games in the NHL. Like, you are grinding it out in the American grinding. Hockey League. You are, yeah. yeah. Like, you yeah. are riding the bus. You are not eating, you know, you're not getting on a plane and you got shrimp cocktails and food to, you know, pick from. Right. You were riding the bus. You're having a cold stepped on pizza and you're driving to Hershey. And you are grinding it out. Um, so I've been like, I'm not doing the American League anymore. I'm like, and I played, I was lucky enough to play in the World Championships one year for Team Canada in 2007. And one of the only reasons why I got on the team is because the tournament was in Moscow and a lot of the good defensemen didn't want to go. They're like, We're, I'm not going to Russia. So you go down. Eventually they got to me. Steve Eiserman called me. He's like, hey, do you want to play for Team Canada? I'm like, well, yeah. He's like, well, the tournament's in Russia. I'm like, I don't give a shit where the tournament is. I, would love Great. Yeah, I could care less. I'm like, yeah. this is my only opportunity to ever do this. So we went over to Moscow. We ended up winning the gold medal. I had a blast. It was a great experience. So that was kind of the reason why I was done. I was like, the only real league that I'm like kind of interested in playing in would be the KHL. I'd like to go back to Russia. So that's kind of how I ended up there. Um, I ended up on an expansion team um, in Vladivostok, Russia. Uh, so I got the contract through uh, Slava Fatisov, who's like, he, he walks mm-hmm. on water over there. I'd love to see, he's like right-hand man of Putin. Yeah. I would like to see, I'd love to see what is in his bank account. I'm sure oh, yeah. it is. It starts with B, billions. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But Slava always liked me. He was the assistant coach in New Jersey, the D coach. I worked hard for him. And so he got me this contract. And I, you know, I was kind of familiar with Russia a little bit. And so I signed the contract. I'm like, Vladivostok. I'm like, where the fuck is Vladivostok? Yeah, so never I heard Google of it. map it. Yeah, I've never yeah. heard of this place. I Google map it. Well, Vladivostok, for people that don't know, are is on the Pacific Ocean, like 60 miles from North Korea. Mm-hmm. Well, the rest of the league, other than one team, there was one team that was an hour north. The rest of the league is all on the western side of Russia. So every time we had a road trip, we'd play four games at home and four on the road, and we just kind of go back and forth, and we play a home and home with each team in the league. There was 28 teams in the league. Mm-hmm. Every time we, we touched a plane, it was a 10 hour flight minimum. That was to like start the fucking road trip. So I had a great experience in Russia. The hockey was good. Like all those Russians, they can all, they can all skate. They can all pass. They can all shoot. They, can, they all have all the skills like that. In my opinion, the, the issue with Russian hockey is, is their coaching is, they're like still stuck. They're stuck in the fucking sixties still. Like they haven't like their attitude is like, like I, you know, I was over there playing and you know, 
we had some imports on the team, obviously, but most of the guys on the team are Russians and most of them don't speak English. So I'd be out there playing. I can't communicate with these guys. And we would never, like, there was no, like, defense, defensive zone, like, crap. Like, this is what we do in the D zone, okay? This is what we're going to try and do in the neutral zone. It was like, I asked the assistant coach who spoke some English. I'm like, hey, what are we doing? He's like, well, you're a pro. Figure it out. I'm like, figure it out. I'm like, I can't fucking talk to these guys. How am I supposed to figure it out? But that's just how it is over there. So it was it was a hell of experience. I had a good time. I actually wanted to go back. I ended up playing 14 years as a pro. I thought 15 years sounds better than 14. And I wanted to go back, but I wasn't going to go back to that team just because the travel was insane. Like I'm, I was jet lagged the entire season. Like it, it's it's hard. It was hard to play. We made the playoffs, which was a hell of an accomplishment. Um, but it, it was it was just too much travel. Um, and there was a team at the time. Uh, the year I was there was the year of the Sochi Olympics. So 13, 14, 14 was the Sochi Olympics. Mm -hmm. And um, after we got knocked out of the playoffs, my Russian agent called me. He's like, hey, what do you think of Donetsk, Ukraine? I'm like, yeah, I go, I loved it there. I, I played one game there. I'm like, yeah, I thought the rink was cool. They have money. There was a couple of guys, imports on the team. One of the Randy Robitaille played with him in Ottawa. And uh, they get paid on time. They got lots of cash. I was like, yeah, I'd love to. He's like, okay, I'll get back to you. I'm like, perfect. I'm like, all right, one more year. Mm -hmm. And then like uh, five or six days later, I was on my iPad and I clicked the USA Today app and right first story, right in the pro-Russian rebels burn arena to the ground, Donetsk, Ukraine. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I think that's a sign. Maybe it's time to hang them up. And that was, up. That was it for me. Yeah, golf yeah. clubs was from that point forward. I honestly could listen to Mike tell stories for hours. Uh, I think we talked for close to 35, 40 minutes, something like that. You can hear it. You can see it right now. We did it on Zoom. It's, it's all over our social media platforms, all at Toddcast Podcast, of course. iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. We talked about the crazy shit that he bought, the frivolous things, let's say, after signing uh, a five-year, $18 million contract with the Blue Jackets. He shared his thoughts on the Hurricanes' home game celebrations, which are kind of, I mean, if you're from there, sure, you're going to like it, but otherwise, kind of cringy. He talked about the things that still stand out from the day that he was drafted. He talked about realizing your true potential and the music that he grew up around. <laughs> uh, the music scene in my house was, uh, it was, it was all hard rock. It yeah. was all hard rock. ACDC was a fixture. Um, that was the main one. I was always, when I was a kid, uh, growing up, like I was, I was kind of into the, like the grunge kind of, so like Nirvana. And I listened to a lot of green day back in the day. Um, some kind of like, like no FX and it's a little bit of punk stuff. And then okay. I'm not so much that anymore, but I'm, I'm still a big, like uh, ACDC guy, Metallica, more like hard rock. So whenever I get a chance to see Metallica or, Actually, a concert that's on my list is you got the poster in the back, Rage Against the Machine. I listened to them a ton too. Did you hear that the uh, 2023 tour is canceled? Zach fucking uh, ripped his, yeah, uh, whatever the, 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 what's that called? The tendon in the back of the, the Achilles tendon? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. He, he ripped like 92% of it off. Yeah, that's crazy. And that's apparently, crazy. like the eight percent that's still there is like just barely hanging on. Barely there. hanging on. Yeah, yeah. he needs some time off. Yeah, so I bought done. tickets. Rage Against the Machine. You know, in Calgary, we have the Saddle Dome here, which is obviously needs to be replaced, and it's shit for concerts. Yeah, so most most bands don't stop here; they just go straight to Edmonton. Hmm. But Rage Against the Machine had a concert booked here on their tour, 
for it was going to be June of 2020. So I bought tickets. I bought four tickets. I invited a couple of my buddies up from Scottsdale who hadn't seen Rage, but they love Rage. So all fired up. And then March of 2020, fucking COVID hits. So that obviously gets canceled. They rebooked the concert. So I think I still have these tickets. I paid for them. Yeah. So I was all fired up again. I'm messaging my, I'm like, hey, it's back on. It's coming. And then this happens. I'm like, I don't know if it's meant to be. I don't, might just have to be fucking stream their music. It's like, screw it. Well, keep the tickets, man. Eventually, yeah, I'm keeping the tickets. To, they're going to have to eventually play, right? <laughs> eventually, they got to come here. Fuck. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll wait as long as I have to. Red Truck Beer. Delivered fresh. The official beer of the Toddcast podcast. It could be kissing you under that parking lot light. Could be running back roads, blowing through a stop sign. As long as you're sitting all pretty on my bench seat, be driving me all kinds of crazy. Could be anything, anywhere you like. What are you doing later? What are you doing tonight? What are you doing, baby, for the rest of your life? You can go in a million directions, but I just wanna go in one. Coffee, bringing you the finest espresso and coffee concepts in the world. Online at milanocoffee.ca. And now, listen to this on the Toddcast Podcast. Isn't it incredible how time finds a way to slip by? Like, think about this. Blue October has been around since 1995. They're throwing stones to 30 years. 
And of course, they've had success along the way. They're well into the double digits with top 40 singles. You'll likely best know Hate Me or Into the Ocean. They're 10 studio albums deep, a handful of live albums, currently working on new material. Watch Blue October's documentary, Get Back Up. Fantastic job, well worth your time. Uh, When their singer Justin Furstenfeld was a guest, he talked a bit about the recording process for the band. Aliens came up, so did the fact that he's bipolar. He shared the shows that he was binge-watching at the time. We talked about the possibility of that Genesis reunion. The Beach Boys, the Cowboy Junkies came up. So did Joaquin Phoenix's Joker movie. Great movie. The Jeffrey Dahmer special. We talked about epic videos like Michael Jackson's Thriller. He talked about growing up to the music of Anita Baker and Johnny Cash and George Michael. Legal Weed came up. Metallica's Some Kind of Monster documentary came up. The creativity of being at the beach came up. And Justin shared a near-death story involving crips and bloods. Listen to this. My best friends growing up in the high school time were in the, the crips. I grew up in a neighborhood where Crips and Bloods were, and I grew up with Crips because I like the color blue, so I chose their side. Um, I was uh, playing pool with them one night, and um, and these two guys walked up to us, and they said, hey, you want to play pool? And we said, no, we're good. And then we come outside, and these two guys are waiting by our car, and one of them pulls a gun and puts it to my head and tells the guys in the Crips to strip get naked take off all their blues right so these guys take off all their clothes and their butt ass naked in the parking lot i got a gun to my head and this guy goes click click and he says say goodbye to your friends white boy and i was just like my ass starts rot mouthing off i said don't please don't and he's like shut the fuck up and then he pulls this knife out and he has one knife on me and then one gun in my head and then the guys in the crypts got all butt naked and they took all of the blues stuff away from them. And then they got back in the car and they split. And me and the guys from the Crips, we got in my car and I said, you know what? I don't think this friendship's working out very well. I think I might have to hang out with other people now. There's there's the door uh, again, right? Don't- you're like, what the fuck, dude? You almost so blew my fucking brains out because you're wearing blue, you dumbasses. Wow. So two weeks later, get this. I'm at their house. And we're playing. Of course, I went over there. We're at their house smoking dope playing spades or something like that all of a sudden we hear pop 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 and their dad comes walking in the room it was a drive-by with his ear blown off and he's like oh and i'm just like okay now guys i think this relationship is not good for me i'm gonna go home dude that's crazy man that's insane yeah fuck that gang shit yeah, man. Who's up with the bloods? Like, fuck that. Listen to this on the Toddcast podcast is brought to you by Tedco RV Supplies in Langley, an ICBC-approved repair shop. Visit them on Facebook and Twitter at Tedco RV Supplies. Sure you slam the front door, yeah Pour all my liquor on the kitchen floor Throw my clothes all over the front lawn Do what you gotta do to do me wrong 
If you still got a heart, get to tearing mine apart. Cause I'll never get over it if you don't leave a mark. If you ruin it Out of all the hurt you know I think hope is the cruelest Right now get by Just don't quite feel right Come on baby Change my mind Show a little Mercy If you're gonna song with the slide guitar mercy clearly in his wheelhouse now longtime friend of the podcast his name is kyle mckerney a key part of the podcast still to this day it's his music that you hear that starts each week the big meaty riff off the top that's that's kyle he's showing you a little mercy this week and some good stuff coming out of kyle's camp all year long as he continues to win awards be nominated for awards expect bigger and bigger things out of kyle mckerney in the years to come proud of that kid uh, you heard a new song from matt cairns and that one's called love does another great track i was stumbling across some really incredible music lately it's partially for me you know keep being kept in the loop and yes of course by all means send me your music for possible play on this podcast again partially it's for me looking like nothing has changed in that regard i'm always on the hunt for good music uh, to go along with of course our great guests that we have each week but matt cairns has been on our radar for a long time she said 
a genuinely nice guy. He can sing, he can play. And I thought his latest song, again, it's called Love Does, was solid. And I thought you might as well. Love to see him. It just hasn't lined up yet. Speaking of the live music, the live scene here in in Lower Mainland in Vancouver, find a list of shows that you should be at with the indie scene at toddhancock.ca. If you're playing one or you're going to a show, let us know about it. We'll post it up at the website. That is brought to you by Mystic Rhythms Rehearsal Studios, 40 plus years experience in the music industry. They are still around post-COVID. Great jam space, book some time, bands, Absolutely love it there. Find out more through mysticrhythms.ca. Okay, our final guest of episode 286 is actor-comedian Laura Ramoso, this week's entertainment guest. Powered by Sacred Meds, they've jumped back on as a sponsor of the podcast. We're talking the best craft cannabis, mushrooms, edibles, oils, teas, hash, keef, you name it. And just a great selection of CBD-infused products as well. Mention you heard them through the podcast when you initially register, and it will open up, it will open up a hidden category on their website. And use the code TODDCAST at checkout, you'll save 10% off your order. So Laura originally is from Italy and Germany. Now she's living in Toronto. She moved to Canada in 2013. She's known for sketch and improv. And we got into it with her talking about the boys and the shows that she was binge watching at the time, what it takes to put together a a touring live show like Francis, her special that recently hit the cults here in East Vancouver. She talked about Toronto's music scene, seeing the Backstreet Boys in concert and the influences that helped lead her down the acting path. Big influence and inspiration when I was growing up was Mr. Bean. Um, oh, I watched him with my dad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I watched him with, with my dad a lot. Um, and I think it really, uh, I make use of a lot of physical comedy. And I'm very a physical a comedian. And I think it stems from that. I think he was really genius. Um, so definitely that. And then also the slapstick of uh, Charlie Chaplin and, Honestly, Tom and Jerry, I really grew up just on those shows for sure. Yeah. So you'll likely best know Laura from her online videos and the award-winning solo sketch show, Diane, from back in 2019. The full talk is just over 20 minutes long. You can hear it. You can see it. Another Zoom chat at our iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube. We talked about aliens visiting and the Egyptian pyramids came up. Classical music, 40s and 50s, Italian music. She compared stage and TV acting. And Laura talked about post-COVID and the struggle and the grind to get people out to shows and still supporting the arts. Um, I think a lot of people suffered, especially creative types, um, Mm -hmm. although everyone suffered. Um, But yeah, stages being dark, clubs and music rooms being dark, theaters being dark, just took away so much, I think, of our identity that we had to find other ways to express ourselves creatively. Yeah, and and Um, of course, uh, you know, one of the, super negative offshoots is the closing of, of a lot of those smaller venues too, right? Absolutely. In comedy too. Yeah. We've been seeing here in Toronto. Yeah. Um, It's kind of like a Renaissance now. Uh, I don't know if you find that in Vancouver as well as since things have opened up again, there's been a bit of a reshuffling of the status quo from before. 
Um, would you say that that's? I would. I would say it's kind of like that too. In, in Vancouver, it's always it feels like it's harder to because we do, you know, live shows every month as well. This podcast does. Yeah. Uh, and it feels like it's harder to get people out now. I I don't mm. know if that's necessarily maybe just the way we feel or if that's actually the case, but um, I think people are still a little bit weary to go out. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um, we found here that people don't purchase tickets uh, um, early in, anymore. In advance, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, just being um, subjected to events being canceled, I guess that does that to everybody. It was actually during the pandemic, the lockdown, that Laura started making those short-form sketch and character videos for her Instagram and TikTok, and it kind of blew up. She now has almost 400,000 on uh, TikTok, like 15 million likes and 130,000 people follow her on, on Instagram, a big reach to say the least. And as we always do, we went a little bit further than what our guests are known for. As she shared a near death story about riding on the back of a bike, her love of collegiate volleyball and watching soccer. We talked about what we do in the shadows and flight of the concords, trust in a relationship and the superpower that she would want to have. Um, flying. Flying for sure. Like I mean, bullet fast. <laughs> oh, exactly. To not have to step foot on an Air Canada Rouge flight <laughs> again would be great. Right. Um, so flying for sure. <laughs> right. What about you? Uh, I think I'd probably pick, I mean, if it's not flying, teleportation would be pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Right? But you would, would you teleport? Would you be able to teleport um, back in, through time or just oh, space? Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Now that would be awesome. No, I was thinking yeah. more just like if I could teleport to, you know, your city and we could have done this in person, but like in time would be time travel would be something else. That'd be, that'd be, that'd be like, crazy. Like where would you want, what time would you want to go? What, uh, what period? I think, um, I think it would be very interesting to be dropped right in the middle of a busy market in uh middle in like 16th century France just to see what's going on in the streets of medieval Paris and what sorts of little thing, little funny scenes are happening. Right. Is that the let them eat cake time or is that, I guess I would be past that. Right. I mean, it's also definitely, I wouldn't want to be in the castles or through or the, with the high echelon. I want to see the real yeah. people the yeah. real the real day today wouldn't that be crazy even to go back to like the 1800s and like the cowboys and like saloons oh, yeah. and, and all that craziness that was right like it's very interesting thinking about seeing somebody from a different time they're obviously a human being but um so different entertainment guest visits are powered by sacred meds canada's best craft cannabis and psilocybin dispensary Visit sacredmeds.com and mention you heard about them through the podcast to open up a hitting category on their website. And use the code TODCAST at checkout for 10% off your order. I just wanna be your number one 
Will you happy ever after? Every revolution on the song Should be full of joy and laughter I just wanna smile upon your face When we wake up in the morning As we navigate through time and space I wanna savor every moment I don't ever wanna stop believing In a better ride of future Focus on the things that don't redeem me Having love is a renewal Maybe I just wanna make the best Of every situation yeah, yeah. Our lungs are fire here in Vancouver. His name is Alex Marr, and I guess a kind of quasi-new song for him. It's called Loves of Fire, and you can hear that one on his latest album. Uh, he had a really good year. Lots of touring this past summer, mostly Canadian dates. I noticed on his on his Facebook wall about a week back now, he was down in Mexico playing some shows down there. So good for him. Killer musician. I've seen him a few times. In fact, once I saw him at the Fox Cabaret in Vancouver, like full band, full band, talking horns and like guest musicians coming up and stuff. I think that was the show where Kiprios jumped up on stage, banged off a, a couple tracks with Alex. And we had him actually do a, an acoustic night with us a handful of years back as well. Just brilliant 
Hashtag brilliant. If he's playing anywhere near you, make the effort to be there. And before we wrap things up this week, another Citywide Mortgage Services Mortgage Minute. Now, these are great. Really, this is stuff that you should have been learning in high school. Instead of what's the pie of the circumference of the hypotenuse, is it divisible by three and or nine? What have you got for us this week, Dara? Yeah, thanks, Todd. Today, I wanted to just talk quickly about renewing your mortgage. Uh, We have lots of people asking us if they're still going to qualify to keep their mortgage at renewal time, even though rates are going up so much. On the last Mortgage Minute, I talked about rates escalating this year and how that will continue in the short term. Uh, When the bank qualifies you for a mortgage, they want to see your payments be under a certain percentage of your income. The challenge is that they apply what's called a stress test to your payment. Basically, they take your interest rate and add 2% to it and then qualify you based on that higher payment. So with rates going up so much, basically what that means is everyone is qualified to borrow a lot less than they could say six months ago. The good news is, if you, already, if you already have a mortgage and it's up for renewal, they won't apply that to your situation. So as long as you don't mind staying with the same bank and you don't need to increase the mortgage or make any material changes, you're okay. might take a few options away from you in terms of renewal, but you can rest easy knowing that you're not in jeopardy of losing your mortgage altogether. And as always, if you need advice or guidance around this, please don't hesitate to reach out and let us at Citywide Mortgages help you through it. Make your next mortgage as painless as possible. CitywideMortgage.ca. Talk to Dara or any of their staff and they will dial you up. Of course, a big thanks to this week's guests, Whitesnake bassist, among other many rad bands and projects, Tanya O'Callaghan. Thank you for jumping on a Zoom with us and how super rad you are only doing cool podcasts. We heard that at the start of the talk, by the way. Thank you. Retired Stanley Cup winning NHL defenseman Mike Commodore, a great chat dude from one hoser to the next. Cheers, open invite, beers on us next time you're in Vancouver. And actor, comedian Laura Ramoso, thank you for being a guest as well. We heard your show, Francis, at the Culture here in East Vancouver was superb, excellent, very cool. Glad to hear it was successful for you. And that's going to do it for this one. Episode 286, we're throwing stones to 300, which really is crazy considering when you think we didn't expect to hit 20, quite literally. But it is what it is. We'll keep making them if you keep listening. My name is Todd Hancock. As always, if you like what you heard, tell your friends about us, subscribe. We're all over online, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, all at Toddcast Podcast. How about that? It's called branding. Huge thanks to all of our fantastic sponsors. We couldn't do it without their support. You can find links to all sponsor websites on toddhancock.ca. You can sponsor the podcast for as little as 10 bucks a day. A couple cups of coffee. Contact info is at the homepage. If you help us find a sponsor, we will give you a commission. Send us a business and we'll follow up. Till next time, don't be an asshole. Nobody wants to be around that. Have fun, play hard, and most of all, believe in yourself. You've been listening to the Toddcast Podcast, powered by Citywide Mortgage Services, dedicated to helping you find the best mortgage rates, available seven days a week at citywidemortgage.ca. 